My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. The, the mark of hearing the voice of Jesus is that you believe. That's, that's accurate. That's true. I believe that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And, and Jesus is the true door. My relationship with God is through him. And that door is made open, not because of what I do, not my, my doings, it's my hearing. I, I, I'm believing he is the way. So glad you joined us for today's Unlimited Grace, the audio broadcast ministry of pastor and author Brian Chapel. In today's lesson, Pastor Brian continues his message from John chapter 10. Just as Jesus declares himself the good shepherd, he also indicates the mark of his flock. They know his voice. You can find this lesson and many others when you visit unlimitedgrace.com. And while you're there, look for Pastor Brian's book, Unlimited Grace. Dr. Chapel reminds us of the power and mercy of God's grace that motivates and inspires us to serve our Heavenly Father. Let's hear now from Dr. Brian Chapel as he shares the second half of the lesson, The Heart of the King. Etta Watts is a, a writer who once went to the Holy Land and talks about being on the crest of a hill that some of us have been on, where you look out over the shepherd's fields toward Jerusalem. And she talked about being on that, that crest of the hill and then going with her guide down into the shepherd's field and they came to a sheepfold and they, they kind of went in to look around a little bit. And while they were there, the shepherd came looking like Moses, she said. Now, I don't know how she knew what Moses looked like, but she said, here comes the shepherd looking like Moses. And, and as he got there, the people ask, Where, where's the, the door for your sheepfold. I mean, there's, there's kind of a, a rocks against a rock bank, but there's no door at the opening. And she said, the shepherd just thought, oh, these crazy Americans. And he just lay down with his feet at one end of the opening, his head at the other to make clear, I am the door. And Jesus, when he says, I am the door for the sheep, is saying precisely that. He cares as he should. He calls people, but he's actually providing what they need. He is the true door for the sheep in verse 7. And in verse 8, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door, verse 9. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. What does it mean that Jesus is the door? He's providing pasture and he's providing protection. If he opens the door, the sheep can go to green pastures. When they go in at night, he's the protector. So that verse 10, the thief who comes only to steal and kill and destroy is taken care of how? I came that my sheep may have life and have it abundantly. I am, I am providing for my sheep. How does he do that? This side of the cross, we understand verses 12 through 15 so much more clearly. Jesus describes there, there are people who say they are shepherds, but they're just hirelings. So that when danger comes, when there's difficulty, the hireling runs away. Why should I sacrifice myself? 
for this little bit of pay. But verse 15, Jesus summarizes his role. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. We know what he's talking about. He's the door. He's making provision more than all the sacrifices that have happened before. He is the one who will lay down his life for the sheep. He will do it to claim the penalty for our sin. That our guilt and shame might be put on him because he went ahead of us and took on himself the penalty we deserved. It's a wonderful thought. But we wonder, does it apply to us? And Jesus answers in verse 16, it's beautiful. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus said he's the the true door. And not only is he the true door, he's the only door. We don't make a path by what we do. We are not our redeemer. That, that has been the message as we started from Genesis and moved forward in our, through the Bible. Over and over, God is saying, you are not your redeemer. You are not your redeemer. You are not the door to a relationship. But Jesus is the door. And when you're saying he's the true door and he's the only door, you begin to say, can I go through that door? And Jesus is saying to the Jews who are gathered around, I have other sheep. And I am opening the door for them as well. And you and I need to hear that. Jesus, I'm, I'm not just the true door. I'm not just the only door. I'm the open door. I will open my heart, my love. There will be a place for you. And when Jesus is saying that, it brings joy to our soul, but a huge question as well. Jesus will open the door for his sheep. He will open the door for me. Will he open the door for me? Am I really his sheep? I'm glad to know that he's real. Am I his sheep for real? And Jesus answers that as well. Two times he describes what it means to be his sheep. Verse 3, right in the middle. The sheep... Hear his voice. Not just the first group of sheep, but verse 16 will say it again. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. Now you must remember that even the people who are listening did not get it. What, 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 what do you mean that your sheep are those who hear your voice? A voice for heaven? I mean, we rejoice that so much of what's happening in the Muslim world right now with the conversions, over and over again, we hear the dream stories that Jesus appeared in a dream. He appeared in a vision. And and a culture of people who need that kind of confirmation, wonderful messages of conversion, like, like has not happened for centuries in Muslim ranks, happening right now in our lifetime. But is that what Jesus is talking about? No, remember he said... You hear my voice. And they didn't get it. So, all right, I'll take another run at it. What does it mean you hear my voice? I am the true door. I am the only door, not you. And I am the open door. Do you hear me? It's, it's that message 
that Jesus is calling for these people to understand. It's so clear in verses 26 and 27. As the Jewish authorities don't want people to honor Jesus, Jesus says, you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. The the mark of hearing the voice of Jesus is that you believe that's, that's accurate. That's true. I believe that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And, and Jesus is the true door. My relationship with God is through him. And that door is made open, not because of what I do, not my, my doings. It's my hearing. I, I, I'm believing he is the way. Not that I've qualified, not that I give enough, pray enough, read my Bible enough, know the facts enough. That's not the point. Do you hear what he's saying? I am the door. And, and if you will accept that, if you believe that, as he was urging people to do, then all of life becomes different. If, if we were at a church dinner and I were saying to you, now listen, uh, if you want dessert, you have to go through that door. That's the only door. And it's open to anyone who wants dessert. What, what's the mark that you heard my voice? If you want dessert, what do you do? You go through that door. And, and Jesus is saying, if you hear my voice, you are my sheep. You, you in your own heart are saying, I know that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And I'm not trusting anything I bring to the table. I'm, I'm trusting him He is the only way that things will be made right. And I believe that. And I believe he's opened the door for me because I believe that, not because of what I do. He's the door. What are your takeaways from such a message? What does Jesus want you to take away? It means the the real mark of your sheepliness. (laughs) Are you really a sheep of Christ? What's the mark of your sheep? You hear his voice. I'm not talking about the mystical sound in the night. I am saying, you deep in your heart believe that that he's the true door, not you. That he's the only door, not what you bring. And he's the open door. He will receive you as you seek him. Ask his forgiveness. Come before him. That's not natural. The apostle Paul reminds us, the natural person does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him because they are spiritually discerned. Here's the the, the hard talk we have to say. If if you're that person who says, you know what, I'm really struggling to know if I'm a believer or not. I I do believe I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I do believe that Jesus is the door. I, 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 I do believe it's not what I bring to the table, but what he has done. Then you have to say, praise God, you heard his voice. But if, if, if what you're saying, you know, this sounds kind of silly to me. And you know, these people in this church, they kind of go through the motions for things like this. But you know, it's not, it's not really my, my heart. Then I have to say, you haven't heard his voice. But if it's true to you, if it's real to you, that's, that's the evidence of him working in you. You're listening to Unlimited Grace, the audio broadcast ministry of pastor and author Brian Chappell. Change, real change, is is hard. In fact, some people would claim that no change is really possible. But the truth is, it is possible. You can be different. You can overcome uh, your struggle with sin or that addiction. But 
It won't be happening simply by turning over a new leaf or trying a little harder. The real power of change is ignited when we take hold of God's amazing grace. And in the book, Unlimited Grace by Pastor Brian Chappell, he shows you how Unlimited Grace takes you on a journey to discover how grace not only frees you from the guilt and shame of a sinful life, but also provides the daily fuel needed for joy and strength in your Christian life. Take hold of God's grace, and it is the key to finding true life change. Request your copy of Unlimited Grace, that's the title of the book, when you go online to unlimitedgrace.com, and the web address again, unlimitedgrace.com. And now more from Brian Chappell on today's Unlimited Grace. I love the story of John Wesley. John Wesley on his way to the Americas as a missionary to the Indians to prove that, that he's a really good Christian. But on the boat, as they're coming across the Atlantic, there's a tremendous storm, and, and Wesley cowers in a corner, fearing he will lose his life. But there's a group of Moravian brothers who are praying, and, and they seem just at peace despite the storm. And, and one of the Moravian brothers sees Wesley cowering, and he goes to him and says, don't, don't you trust God for eternity? And Wesley says, well, I think I do. And the Moravian brother, large and impressive, I'm not asking what you think. Does the Spirit of God testify with your spirit that you are a child of God? I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about up here. I'm talking about the 18 inches to here. Does your heart affirm that Christ died for you and that you need him to do that? And Wesley, while he said to the Moravian brother at that, well, I, I, I think that's so later said it was vain words. And it was not till much later that he was at a conference back in England where he heard somebody reading Luther's preface to the commentary on Galatians where it says over and over again, you are not your redeemer. It's not what you do. It's not your purchase. It's not your doing. That ultimately Wesley said, my heart was strangely warmed. It finally got through. The penny dropped. It registered. It's not what I do, it's what he does, and I believe that. And it's not just for older times. I, I, I think of you know, a, a, a Christian artist like Travis Reed who talks about wondering which person he was until the penny finally dropped. I know now who I am. This is what he wrote. At 13, I was baptized by my first stepfather. I believed having my stepfather baptize me might make him stick around. But three days later, he beat up my mom and never came back. The well-meaning people in churches that my mom and I cycled through didn't mention my unusual life circumstance, including the four different dads that I had had. I continued searching in my young life for the father who would not go away. Church experiences that did not reach his heart. What did? Years later, he said, I went to a U2 concert, yacked out on Coke and tequila. The last song of the night was 40. I had no idea the lyrics are based on Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. 
He inclined his ear and heard my cry. Travis writes, out of nowhere, the wind of grace blew over me. I was drenched in love and immediately sobered. The voice carried me toward the arms of God. The moment was profound. The next morning, I was listening to the U2 song, Hawk Moon 269. The words, like a desert needs rain, like a town needs a name. I need your love. He writes, I pulled the car over and started weeping. I did not just hear a song. I felt it with my being. It called me to strength and gave me hope. And it's that type of hearing that Jesus is talking about. Not just we, we kind of have the mental understanding that Jesus did something that church people think about. It's, it's descended to our hearts. I believe I have need of a savior. He will pay the penalty for my sin and I will be okay with him for eternity. And God is saying, do you understand that? The proof, as it were, of that sheepiness that we have heard the voice is that we are not paying attention to other voices. I mean, verse five is a little hard to read. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. If you're really my sheep, You're listening to Christ's voice and not other voices in the world. Here's the hard truth, folks. It means if you you are living in consistent, unrepentant sin, you may say, I'm a believer, but but you are listening to other voices and, and they will be drowning out your confidence that you are a child of God because so many other voices are competing. I, I, I think of the testimony right now because of the World Series of Anthony Rendon, the third baseman for the Nationals. I mean, he's, he's been so strong as a player and it has been a torturous year for the Nationals despite where they are now. So he's getting lots of attention, maybe the MVP this year. But in an interview with the Washington Post, he says, I don't want it to seem like it's all about me, me, me. That takes away from what I do for the Lord I want to be known as a Christian baseball player. I'm still trying to grow into that. But in the end, I want to be more Christian than baseball player. Now, you may know on the web, got him in a lot of trouble for saying that. I want to be more Christian than baseball player. But what does it mean? What voice is he listening to? I I want to follow Christ. I, I want more his priorities and the priorities of the world. I don't want it to all be about me. I want it to be about him. I'm listening to that voice. And ultimately, it is that voice that we need when we face our weakness and our failure and our difficulty. We wonder, am I still a child of God? I, 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 I do believe that he's the door, but I, I, I wonder if the door is for me. I've listened to other voices. And ultimately, our confidence, you must know, is in this reality it's, it's what Jesus says right at the end of this talk. Verse 27, he says it again. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. But then these beautiful words, verse 28 through 30. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one Father, am I really yours? I, I know I'm struggling to be what I ought to be. 
But if you have heard the voice that says he's the door and that is your belief, you must know he holds on to you even when you're questioning if you can hold on to him. When my kids were little, we always went to Colorado for our vacations at a lodge that had the, the bunks stacked against the wall for a big family like ours. And I found that I could be in the very top bunk and play helicopter with my kids. I would reach down and I would say, grab a hold. And I would start to lift them heavenward. Always what would happen is, as they were holding on to me, they would say, oh, daddy, I can't hold on to you. Hold on to me. And what Jesus is saying is, if you've heard my voice, you know you need me. And this you need to know, even when you cannot hold on to me, I will hold on to you. We sing about it. When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path. For my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For my Savior loves me so. He will hold me fast. It's the great blessing, the mark of the Christian. We've heard the truth and, and the penny dropped. We believe that he's the door. And, and we know the proof of that is that we're walking with him. We're listening to his voice and, and we're not listening to other voices. But where there's question in us, if we have done all we should, we remember he said, here's your confidence, not your hold on me my hold on you. We celebrate that here. We say, Jesus, blood and righteousness. I don't trust me. I trust him. He has made a way and I celebrate it for my own heart and those who witness it and those who will witness it for years to come. We believe Jesus is the door and we could not do it had his spirit not worked in our hearts. Hi, friend, this is Pastor Brian. I'm glad you decided to tune in and listen, and I would consider it a privilege to pray over you today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, what a privilege we have to come to you in prayer. Your word says that we can come to you about anything, not just the big things and not just the things that we think we have figured out. Instead, you love us so much that you say do not be anxious for anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, for your certain care, we can offer our requests to you. And then because we know that the God who controls all the outcomes of things on earth and for eternity cares this much for us, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds for whatever we face with Jesus. We do not expect our prayers to end all our trials before Jesus comes, but we know that you will use our prayers, Father, to make all things work together for good until Jesus returns. Thank you for this promise and assurance. Give us the peace and the strength we need. Through these promises and assurances we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.
That's Pastor Brian Chapel, and you've been listening to Unlimited Grace. If you've missed anything that you'd like to hear once again, just visit unlimitedgrace.com. And when you do so, you can sign up for Pastor Brian's daily devotional sent right to your inbox. While you're there, also be sure to request a copy of the book from Dr. Brian Chapel called Unlimited Grace. We'll send you a copy right away as our way of saying thank you for your most generous financial support. Once again, go to unlimitedgrace.com or you can give by calling 844-41-GRACE. That's 844-414-7223. Please be sure to join us next time as once again we endeavor to put Christ at the center of our efforts so that lives might be transformed by His unlimited grace. This ministry is brought to you by Unlimited Grace Media and continues to be made possible with your generous financial support.